Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 38 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz. This is the first time I've actually had like written notes in I'm pretty sure three weeks because two weeks ago I was gone and it was Zach and Drew doing the fantasy episode. Last week we did it live, so we never have actual notes. And now here we are once again back for episode 38. Drew's back in town. Drew Skyberg joining me here on the podcast. How are you doing, sir? How was Thanksgiving? I'm doing great. Thanksgiving was went very well. I was out in New Jersey for Thanksgiving, so kind of far away and came back and it's great to be back home. You caught a New Jersey Devils game, correct? The hockey team? You went and watched them. Yeah, you bet. No. You never know. You just got to ask at this point, but that had to be a fun time. And here we are for episode 38, our last episode of November. Good news. We got renewed, guys. Stamps.com. Two more weeks of the ad. You'll be hearing it coming up soon enough speaking of plugs jordan drew underscore sports crew is our instagram flying high over 300 followers doing well on their facebook we're still posting some stuff from time to time getting back in the facebook groove youtube jordan drew the sports crew youtube views have been through the roof lately so thank you all for the support on youtube we love seeing that there we'll be doing some giveaways soon enough and that leads right into our shout out of the week brand depot gets our shout out and we're just going to leave it at that because the winner of our fantasy football pod league will be winning whatever we got from Brand Depot, and we'll be doing some giveaways from Brand Depot as well. But Drew, this is some exciting stuff. It really is. You better hope you win that fantasy league, and we get some favorites in, and then also the giveaways. So make sure to participate in the giveaways. They'll be on Instagram. We'll make Devin post it on Facebook, and they'll be up so you guys can check those out. In a I don't know, like January, maybe. I think that's when we're yeah. going to get those started. Maybe to maybe to start the new year, because fantasy football ends pretty soon, and then we'll do them after. So that way the fantasy football winner gets that prize first, and then we can reveal it to the general public. What else we are getting? So we got six of them, by the way. Full disclosure, we got six. So I think that's all we got. Let's get right. Actually, I was going to say, real quick, Pod League, right? I defeated the one and only Alex last week. I mean, I am just flying high, and this week, Hopefully, my fingers are so crossed that I can beat Caden, who's eight and three, guys. I'm three and eight, and I'm projected to lose only by nine points right now. He got 37.2 on Thanksgiving. He had four players go and get that total. So I think it's doable that I can get the job done. I'm already not in last place anymore. Thank you very much, Bucks Believer Clay, for taking over the sole position in last place. But I mean, the divisions are tight. In my division, we've got two teams at seven and four, two at six and five. Drew's division, we've got two at eight and three, and then three teams at six and five. I mean, these are this is a very, very tight race here in the pod league. Anything you want to say on that, or are we moving on? Yeah, I'm set at six and five in the in the Skyberg division. So hopefully I can sneak into the playoffs and then maybe sneak in up a, a fantasy football win. You never know. I mean, I said, what if we could get a comeback story where it's me and you in the finals? That's certainly not possible, but maybe next year, right? Devin asked me if we're going to do it again. And I said, hey, why not, right? It's not going to be a keeper league, but I'm sure we'll keep a good chunk of the same people and we'll figure it all out. That's a year away, but let's move on to the stats of the week. Four of them here this week, three football and one basketball. So starting with the basketball, Drew, you sent me this one consecutive games scoring 10 or more points. This is absolutely wild. Luka Doncic, fourth place. He has got 116 games where he scored 10 or more points. Next up in third, Zach Levine, 121 games. Kawhi Leonard did it in 175 games. 
And it's not even close in first place. LeBron James has done it for 1,048 games, scoring 10 or more points. I mean, that's just automatic for LeBron, but the the gap between him and Kawhi, that's insane. Yeah, credit LeBron with over 1,000 straight games, scoring 10. And we saw him get actually suspended for a game last week, Jordan. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, so there's been some drama there, but he's... He's playing pretty well this year. I mean, he's starting to, again, a little, little shaky to start. And the Lakers, as a team, are looking shaky. But things are looking up now for the Los Angeles Lakers. I was going to ask you if you actually thought he deserved a suspension for that. I think, I guess, yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Because it's still, he still I mean, did it. Was it was a cheap hit, for sure. Yeah, that's. I, I think it was It was warranted. Um of course, Stewart getting two games, that was also warranted. Uh, could be even more. You could have made the I argument. thought it should have been more, yeah, but whatever. But, yeah, it's all settled, and I think LeBron said he's going to reach out to him, so hopefully they work that out. I mean, yeah, I guess it's good if he can be the bigger man at the end of it, but I know he was complaining about getting suspended. It's like, just because you're LeBron, you're not untouchable, dude. You still got to be doing this. And then he got fined also. Did you see something yep. about that? What was yep. that for? He did a celebration that... Um, was not appropriate, let's say. So oh interesting. I'll have to go and check that out. I didn't I saw something that he got fined and I was like, what the but fifteen thousand. Yeah. Fifteen or fifty? Fifteen grand. Okay. I was gonna say if it's fifty, that's a lot, but to LeBron it's really nothing anyways. So all right, that's what we got for our basketball one. Moving on, we're gonna have a lot of college football talk. We got two stats from it here. Brees Hall from Iowa State breaks the record most consecutive games with a rushing touchdown. Twenty four. So that's basically Year and a half, two years, however you want to consider it. Brees Hall has been doing mightily fine on the, I believe it's the Cyclones, the Iowa State Cyclones. Yep. Cincinnati, ooh, baby, this is, we're going to have a discussion with the top four coming up, but Cincinnati's the first non-Power 5 team to ever make the top four rankings, and boy, I hope they don't get screwed out of it, but right now, they'll still be sitting pretty at number four, unbeaten team, and now we move on. The National Football League on Thanksgiving, the Raiders and Cowboys was the most watched regular season game on any network since 1990, an average of 38.5 million viewers. So that was huge. I won't ask you your opinion on that. We'll talk about the Thanksgiving games coming up. But now it is time for On This Day, November 29th. As I said, our final episode in November before we move to December. And boy, On This Day is a fun one this week. On This Day in 1894. The third Iron Bowl sees Alabama defeat Auburn 18-0 on this day in 1952. The 17th Iron Bowl, Alabama beats Auburn 21-0, shutting them out in both of those games. Let's go six years later where we saw the 23rd Iron Bowl, Auburn beats Alabama 14-8, lower scoring in that one. And it's kind of crazy to think that there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of these games, seven in a row here, all took place in Birmingham. So that's really huge. On the state, 1969, 34th Iron Bowl. Auburn once again beats Alabama, this time 49-26. So a big win there. Five years later on the state, 1974, the 39th Iron Bowl. Alabama gets the job done, beating Auburn 17-13. Close game there in Birmingham on the state, 1975. That's right. Just one year later, the 40th Iron Bowl. Alabama defeats Auburn 28-0. That one also in Birmingham. I don't know why they were both played there in 74 and 75. Why would that be? Maybe both stadium. I don't. I don't. Know. Maybe they're located. Maybe didn't have a stadium. Like maybe they were. 
Maybe um, they shared or something. I don't know. I guess that's a possibility maybe. back in the day. I don't know. New, but new stadiums being built. Maybe they had possibly. issues. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because the game in 1894 was in Montgomery, which obviously is in Alabama. Then these next ones were in Birmingham until 2008. We'll get there coming up on the day 1980, the 45th Iron Bowl, Alabama beats Auburn 34-18, but Auburn gets the job done six years later in the 51st Iron Bowl, beating Alabama 21-17, and here we are. On the day in 2008, we're in Tuscaloosa now. 73rd Iron Bowl, Alabama beats Auburn 36-0. It was Bama's first win in seven years over Auburn, which is pretty huge. And then six years later, the 79th Iron Bowl in 2014, a shootout. Alabama beats Auburn 55-44 in Tuscaloosa. So hopefully you all enjoyed the themed edition of On This Day. I, was, I had some other ones in here, and then I just kept seeing Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl. So I thought, you know what? We're going to make it all Iron Bowl, Iron Bowls. And woo, that Iron Bowl was insane on Saturday. We'll get to that. But first, for the second to last time, unless somehow we get renewed again, Stamps.com, baby. Let's go to that ad right now. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment, and within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stance.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stance.com. Guys, there's no risk, and with our promo code P. OD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. One more time, our promo code is P-O-D at stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to stamps.com. All right, let's get back on track. Weekly sports talk segment, stay college football. We were talking about it, the Iron Bowl. We're going to talk Badgers last, but first, we've got some big things to discuss. Jim Harbaugh, Drew, finally got it done. Michigan over Ohio State, 42-27. Huge win for Michigan. Easily puts them in the top four. Now they got to get the job done over Iowa next week, which I think they'll be able to do. Ohio State goes down. I don't know if you caught any of this game, but I'm sure you saw clips after the game of Michigan. Everyone storming the field. I mean, this is probably the best moment of Jim Harbaugh's life. Yeah, with his time at Michigan, I, I was able to watch a good chunk of the game, and it, it was a great game to watch. It really was. It and got feisty. Yeah, I mean, that made it great. And yeah, now finally the Wolverines, they kind of got over that hump. They beat Ohio State, and like you said, Big Ten East champs, so now they go play. They go play Iowa at Indianapolis, and then from there, I mean, if they if they win that game, they they could easily be seated number two or three for sure. I mean, right now they're gonna be they're gonna bump them up probably to three, maybe to two. I don't. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Right, right? I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say after the we'll have a college bowl game discussion or not a bowl game, a top four discussion. So we'll get to that coming up here. I don't think they'll be two right away. I don't think they'll flip flop, but. 
we just got to say Hassan Haskins, 169 yards on 28 carries with five touchdowns, put the team on his back in that game as Michigan gets the huge win. Georgia stays on beat, maybe Georgia Tech 45 nothing. I mean, there's nothing more fun than rivalry week in college football. We saw Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma 37-33. I don't even want to touch on the Wisconsin game. We'll get to it soon. Michigan State beat Penn State, and Penn State had a really rough year overall. But the Iron Bowl here, Alabama and Auburn go four overtimes. Auburn was up 10-0 going into the fourth quarter. Bama came back to tie it up. It took four overtimes for Alabama to beat Auburn 24-22. I don't know if you watched any of that game or have any comments on it, but Alabama survived. I did not watch it, but yeah, I saw that that was that, that was big because as we know, Alabama is number three right now. So if they were to fall, that really opened the door for a lot of teams like Notre Dame and Oklahoma State to cut, maybe swoop in and take a spot, but it's good they survived. So they're, they, I mean, they're alive, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. I don't want to see Alabama in the playoffs again, but they'll be there. I was a little scared because I was doing I was doing camera, actually, UWGB for basketball game. Good job getting their first win of the year over a D3 school, but win is a win. And I was afraid that if Alabama lost, they would have moved down. But I thought the committee would be stupid and keep Ohio State in. I figured they would do something ridiculous where they have like Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Cincy 3, and Ohio State 4. But I don't think we'll have to worry about that at this point. So that's all we really have to discuss for the main games. We'll talk about championship week here in a second. But first, oh, our mighty Badgers, they fell to Minnesota 23-13. All they had to do was win this game, keep up their win streak, keep the momentum going. (sighs) They couldn't do it, losing 23-13. They were up 10-6 at the half. Things were looking good. Then they got outscored 14-3 in the third quarter. And it was downhill from there, losing by 10 points, 23-13. Targeting call right away on the first offensive play for Minnesota took out a badger that really didn't set us up for success. I still don't think it was targeting either. He leaned in with the shoulder, but what are we able to do at that point? Nothing we can do. And it really just derailed the whole start of the game. Minnesota got a field goal and then Wisconsin, they came back a little bit in the second quarter, but it was the third quarter this time. Usually it's the fourth quarter where they just give in, but this time it was the third quarter, only three points scored in the fourth and those three really didn't matter because Drew Minnesota got the job done and they win the axe this year. Yeah. Um, not a good showing by the Badger team. Um, I was not really amused what we saw from Mertz. I know you you feel the same. Going back to the targeting, I think by rule, I think that was, I, I think they made the right call, but they really got to revise that rule because it's screen players out of, of games, basically. I mean, we saw we saw him get disqualified first play of scrimmage, basically. And when that when that happens, I mean, you assess the fifteen yard penalty. Do you need to go to the disqualification? I just find that being really, I don't know, a severe punishment for doing for like you said, leading with your shoulder. You know, and it's right. I feel like they could do one of two things. So like, either they can look at it and say if like he truly leaned in with like the crown of his helmet, as the rule says, sure. Then eject him on the first time. Don't give him a strike. But if it's something like this, give him a strike. I don't know. Make him sit a quarter or something, but don't kick him off the whole game. If it happens again in the same game, obviously you could, but I do think it's too severe. Exactly. So um, that's why, I don't know. That that was one thing that real bothers me a lot. Uh, Brianna, yeah, 17 for 47. Um, not really a big showing that we've seen from like past few weeks against like Nebraska and Northwestern, but 
he's still I mean, 17 year old freshman. We, we'll he'll be back next year. And yeah, like the Badgers, they got a bowl game now right? they, with without winning the Big Ten West. So now we got we'll have some bowl game. It'll be a pretty good one considering the rank this year. So that'll be a good thing to look out for later this year. Hopefully they get like a New Year's Eve one or New Year's Day, but it'll be probably around there. So go Badgers. I guess I, I what, what else do you have to talk about with them? I, that was disappointing. Yeah, I, I, it's so disappointing. What can we even say anymore? Graham Mertz, 21 of 30, 871 yards with a pick, a 58.4 QBR. I would love, I don't have the stats up, but I would love to see his QBR on the year. It cannot be high at all. I just, I know so many people want to move on from Graham Mertz, and it's games like this where, hey, you finally have a chance to put the tee on your back, and then you just put up basically a goose egg and don't do a whole lot. The only touchdown. For the Badgers, what even was it? I don't even, was it a defensive touchdown? Yeah, it was a pick six. Oh my gosh. Cause I was going to say, I don't see any rushing touchdowns. Certainly there's no receiving. That's a problem. When this offense, the defense carries them, and it certainly should be able to put up more than 23 points against a Minnesota team. All you need basically is two rushing touchdowns and then a beautiful passing touchdown, a nice slant play or something simple. Couldn't even do that. So yeah, it's disappointing with the Badgers. So well, enough talk about them. Let's talk about championship week here in college football. Baylor and Oklahoma State, the seven and the eight seeds as it stands. They'll be playing right away, 11 a.m. on ABC coming up this Saturday. Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati, a 10-point favorite in that game. They're also on ABC, that one at 3 o'clock. We know at night, it's the big one. Michigan and Iowa for the Big Ten Championship. Michigan should take it there, no problem. That game on Fox. ABC's late game is Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. 17 and 18 seeds doing battle. These seeds will probably be changed a little bit. I think the rankings are out on Tuesdays when they always release them, but the big one is indeed the SEC championship game, Georgia and Alabama. So here's where I wanted to talk about our top four, right? So we obviously have championship week yet before we can decide who is in the college football playoffs. But I think if, I think it's pretty clear if Alabama beats Georgia, Nothing's going to happen. No one's going to move. I still think the top four then would be Alabama would probably be one. Georgia maybe at three. Maybe they drop to four somehow. And then you got Michigan in there and Cincinnati. I think that's a lock. I don't think Georgia loses their position in the top four if Bama beats them. However, if Georgia defeats Alabama, does that bump Alabama out of the top four? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say it depends on how... It depends on how other teams play as well. I think okay. with like, because like Oklahoma State, there's one who would be uh, technically a challenger now because like, they beat Oklahoma. Yep. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame is the six right now, but I don't think Notre Dame gets in just because of everything that happens with that team. I just don't think they're going to end up getting in. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think they're deserving even of getting in. Um, they play. When did they play? I'm looking through it. Um. They don't play a championship game because they're not in a conference. They're independent or whatever. Oh, so yeah, you're right. You're right. They don't. They don't play next week. That was their last game. So I don't think they get in. That's what I'm saying. It would take a lot for them to somehow bump inside. I still think the committee would put Ohio State over them, even though Notre Dame has had a much better season. Yeah, this is tough. So you put a two-loss Alabama team in then. What do you? You know that. That's the question. If they lose to a number one undefeated Georgia, then it's like, well, but like you said, I think I do think it would take a lot, though, for Oklahoma State to jump all the way into the top four. Well, if they could do it, if Cincinnati loses. But I don't know. They they just beat number 10 Oklahoma. I think 
it's yeah i it depends a lot on how since i think a lot how i would say is the top four teams control their own destiny and absolutely right now and well i mean now we can basically say michigan's in the top four so they have we, to be yeah so georgia win. georgia loses like you said they're they're still in Cincinnati wins, they're in. Easily. Alabama, when you're in. Um, and then if you lose, um, you might be out to a team like Oklahoma State if they win. But if Oklahoma State and like Baylor, if the, if the teams behind them also lose, they're still in. Um, and I think you can put maybe a two-loss Alabama team, like you said, at four. Michigan, they win, they're in. If they lose, I don't know what you do, though. That's where it gets funky because I think it's the same scenario like, um, the teams that are like the challengers are like Oklahoma State and, and Notre Dame, basically, and Ohio State. Right? But it's going to be tough to put a Ohio State in now after losing to Michigan, unless like everyone else loses. But they don't play a championship game now, so I don't think they're in. So, yeah, that's that's where it gets interesting because I think you going with the you win you're in thing. I think that's the best case scenario. I just still think somehow there's going to be a way that the committee finds a way to sneak Alabama in there, even if they lose, which is what I fear. But I mean, it's going to be, I also am intrigued to see how far Ohio state falls. They were the two losing to number five, Michigan. You mentioned earlier, you think they kind of switch spots. I think Michigan goes to three. I think you got Georgia one, Bama two, since he stays at four, Michigan goes to three. And then Ohio state, do they go to five is the question, or do you have a, Notre Dame at five, Oklahoma State six, Ohio State seven. Two to seven would be a huge drop. So that's why I'm very intrigued to see when these rankings come out. Same here. I want to see how they would, how in the world they're going to do that. Because that, I want to see where they put Oklahoma State now and with Ohio State, where they kind of put those two. I just think it would be such a long shot for Oklahoma State to make the playoffs, but you never know. And that's why you play the game, right, to get to these spots. So let's go to the world of college basketball. Now, a lot of huge things happening for college basketball. And at least the Badgers aren't disappointing us here. They lost earlier in the year to Providence. That's a good team in Providence. They only lost by five. But then they win the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, 69-58 over Texas A&M, upsetting, I believe they were number six, Houston, which is huge, 65-63. And then a 61-65 win over St. Mary's, handing St. Mary's their first loss of the year. This Badger team is looking good. They're firing on all cylinders right now, just winning the Maui Jim Maui. Coming up this week on the first, they play Georgia Tech, who is also a good team. And then the big one on Saturday, it's your choice if you're watching Oklahoma State and Baylor or Wisconsin and Marquette on Fox, 1130. Badgers and Marquette, that's always a fun one. But Drew, Badgers win the Maui Jim Maui. They do, and I actually watched, I think, almost all our games. I watched the, at least the semi and the finals. That big one over ranked Houston, I watched. Um, but yeah, this this Wisconsin team looks, um, I mean, they have two guys, two guys made the tournament team who really stood out in the tournament. So Johnny Davis and Tyler Wall both played very, very well in the tournament. Uh, Davis arguably was carried this Wisconsin offense throughout the MVP tournament. for sure. He he played lights out, and he's he's their main source of offense. And I guess with Wall too, Wall was really able to get in the post and kind of work. But I all I was because I was watching as what prepping for Saturday playing Marquette or playing against Marquette now. This Wisconsin team is, and I'm I'm rooting for Marquette, of course. Shocker, um, Shaka, yeah, uh, Shaka. So, I, I I don't know. I like 
I like Marquette's chances against this Wisconsin team. I really do. I think um, if you can shut down Davis, I think you put more sell on Davis. And then you, I mean, you got guys in the post who, who can, who can guard a guy like Tyler wall. I, I got this, I got this Marquette team. I don't have this Wisconsin team. I have Wisconsin losing though. So, okay. I but, mean, just for the fun of it, I'll pick Wisconsin, but continue. Boo. Um, Hey, like you mentioned, Georgia Tech is next, and this Wisconsin team, yeah, they have a big, big tournament, and of course, Johnny Davis gets tournament MVP for his performance that we talked. Like he's, he was making some great shots. He's, I mean, he was really working his mid range game. He's got a nice mid range game. He can kind of move, take some fading shots around the wing, and also just driving. I mean, he's a phenomenal guy getting to the basket that that's his bread and butter. And he was, he made the, some great decisions. A few times there's a lot of, you would force some shots. Uh, you, you'd see some shots and that's just that that'll come with experience. I mean, he's a sophomore now or actually a freshman. It says, yeah, it's like yes. red shirt. Yeah. So he's a freshman. So, and he, he looks good for being what he is right now and he's going to get better. So I, I, I like Johnny Davis. If you're a Wisconsin fan, he is your guy. You got to, he's your guy. And he will be, I think, for some years to come. So, go yeah, Marquette. Shirt. Go Marquette. How can I swear to end it? The whole redshirt thing is a little confusing, but 71 points in the three games. I just looked. So, 21 in the first game, 30 in the second game to put up 30 against Houston. That was absolutely huge. And then a big 20-point effort. And that that does it. I mean, huge MVP. This is one of those things where the committee looks, you win this tournament, and later in the year when it's March Madness time, as long as they keep pumping and keep playing well, they're going to be doing just fine this season. The big game, though, in college basketball. Duke and Gonzaga. Did you catch any of this one? I watched some of the highlights because that game was okay. something else. Oh, yes, it was. I got half of the first half and then all the second half. I was in love with this game. It was something else. Earlier in that day, though, this game was from Friday. Dayton upset my Kansas on a last-second shot. So that was wild for Kansas to lose. But obviously, you don't have to be unbeaten in basketball. This isn't football. You can take a loss, and they said it as well on the broadcast for Gonzaga-Duke. They're like, if Gonzaga loses this game, they're going to be just fine. You don't have to be unbeaten to get into the tournament, and if you lose against a great team, then you're going to be just fine. 84-81, Duke wins over Gonzaga. It truly came down to the wire. I mean, Duke was leading for a while, and then Gonzaga came back, but at the end of the day, Duke wins by three. 45-42 45-42 is the score after the first half, and then 39 points for both teams in the second, proving just how close it was. My guy on Gonzaga. Obviously, everyone loves Drew Timmy, but Chet Holmgren, I, man, that, yep. I love this dude. He does not look like a basketball player, though. He's tall, he's skinny, and that's all he is. He's got no muscles. He just is a big boy running down the court, probably like not not even 200 pounds unless it's just because of his height, but he's just a tall, skinny man, but he is dominant. Yeah, I I was going to mention his name no matter what you were going to say because I love watching that man play. I think Chad, Chad Holmgren, for, I mean, being 7'2", the skill set he has is, like, unheard of. It, just watching him go up and down the court, being 7'2", like, he was, some of the shots he take, he can make, like, it is incredible. Even like he had like the crossover he did into a dunk. It was behind the back. And it was like, oh my goodness. I have not seen someone this tall, this big make plays like the way Chet Holmgren can. And yeah, he's right now. He's definitely the consensus number one overall pick, unless you're going to put um, 
who was it Paulo at Duke put him over yes yeah um, they were talking about that on the broadcast too they were like who do you take it's like the first time in a while it's been a toss-up but I, I think I think Chet Holmgren uh, with his skill set I don't know why you wouldn't take him I know I know there's a lot of concerns though with him his game translating to the NBA in terms of just physicality and that, that I mean those are and those are fair concerns to have considering his frame but if we can if this man can get some muscle on him if he can put some pounds on and keep that skill set he has he is he's going to be a great NBA player he's got it he's got the skill set i 100% agree starting tonight is the Big 10 ACC challenge it kicks off with Illinois and Notre Dame so those are the two teams going at it. Gonzaga plays tonight as well. Always a treat to watch Gonzaga play. If you get a chance to watch them, absolutely do it. So that's enough for college hoops. No bucks this week because we've got high school basketball, baby. It is back. Manitowoc Lutheran talking about the boys here first off. 58-39 win over Two Rivers. Two Rivers only put up 11 points at the half. This Two Rivers team is certainly going to struggle this year, as Lutheran gets the job done right out of the gate, August Hecker led the way with 15 points. And then it's showtime, Drew. Shofukasawa, yes. 13 points. He was second for the team. Those are the only two in double digits, which I find interesting. But you got Ryan Dwayne with six. And then who else had six points? Luke Marone had six. And Matthew Schultz all had six. And then a few players had four as well. So Manitowoc Lutheran jumps out to a one nothing start on the year. TR, we knew they were going to struggle. Tough loss for them right out of the gate before we get to EWC. I mean, TR's in the EWC, but before we get to that overall, the ships, they opened their season two days ago on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. The games, they're playing a few of them this year. They beat Seymour 75-54. This was a game that was tied at 37 at the half, but the ships get the job done. Mattis, 19 points, and then Brady Kennedy with 18, and Ashton Portman with 14 so three players in double digits. Let's just go over my schedule this week. Tuesday night, I am announcing the ships. They are on WOMT, I believe. They will be playing one of the Oshkosh teams. I don't even remember. I think it's Oshkosh North. Primetime. I don't know. I get them confused. So there's that game. And Friday night, I will be at Manitowoc Lutheran. They host Howard's Grove, I believe. And then on Saturday, I'll be at Lincoln once again as the ships host Milwaukee Carmen. That is going to be an interesting one. Milwaukee Carmen was a great team two years ago, but didn't play last year. Opted out, didn't play. So it'll be very intriguing to see how that team fares against the Ships team. Ships have a very, very tough non-conference schedule this year, but that's how you get better. And if you ask Joe Garceau about that, he would tell you the exact same thing. His team beat Division I Appleton West easily 77-41, to 41, a 37-point performance for Luke Pouts with 21 boards drew i know we're only one game in but jeremy lorenz step aside luke pouts number one okay jordan this is tough this is tough you know you know what the what robert simic would say here but um <laughs> no um what what luke pouts did 14 of 19 shooting seven for nine from the line yeah 37 21 two assists even throw that in there he, he's definitely you, you got to make the case at this point right um I mean, being, I mean, Appleton West not a great team. Being them by 36. They're still D1, though. I don't really care what anyone says. Still D1. Yep, that's exactly. The, you're, you're right. They're still D1. Uh, Lorenz put up 25 last night. Look, Lorenz is not. Um, we'll have to wait for some conference play. I want to see how 
it'll pay on the conference, but exactly what I mean, I, I said this on the EWC boys preview. If you go listen to it, if we're looking at stats and stuff, you're going to pouts is easily going to be number one because there's not a lot of guys. I mean, Witzak, like, like, and Reese Stangle, like guys who are going to take points from him, Braden Yonda, yeah, like, the, he like doesn't these, have that supporting crew. Like he doesn't have the supporting cast that we see a guy like Jeremy Lorenz have with, with Parker Braun, Caden Holly, and Mason Banky, those guys, we, he, they don't, he doesn't have that supporting cast. So, or, I mean, Lorenz has that beautiful supporting cast. And then we see um, Ron Colley. I mean, it's less notable guys. It's not, not so great. So I think Ron, I think pouts stats wise is going to blow. I mean, maybe not blow Lorenz out of the water, but he's going to have some sizable advantages and and like points and rebounds, maybe even like five points a game more. I think it's, it's certainly possible with, with the kind of roster that Ron Colley has right now. And, with that being said, I think whoever wins conference is going to get player of the year, but rankings, you could pouts. I mean, looking at like stats and stuff, output like that, you could put pouts number one, but maybe, I mean, talking with, with Robert about it, uh, just liking how um, Lorenz, I mean, just Lorenz as a player, like, I mean, not, not looking at the stats, just the eye test, just watching him play. I think you putting him number one, like based on that, which could be, which is fair, which I mean, if you, if you look at it like that, but, Stats wise, Pouts is looking really good so far. Oh yeah, and I mean it is a small sample size. We got to say that, but still, if you're doing that in one game against a D1 school, I can only imagine what you're going to be doing against some of the smaller schools. So we talked about a supporting cast, and I just wanted to mention Keel, seventy-two thirty-two win over D2 Green Bay West, and they have a supporting cast: twenty points for Mitchell Andrews, nineteen points for Grant Mans, and then sixteen for Pierce Aaron. So that is a great start to the year. For Keel, overall, real quick, just looking at the standings heading into the week. No conference games so far. Roncalli, Keel, and Brilliant are unbeaten teams. Falls has two games in already. They're sitting at one and one. And then TR, Valders, New Holstein, and Chilton are all O and one. So, any other final comments on the boys? Uh, nope. Boys lost an overtime to Plymouth, but yeah, let's go to girls for Valders. Girls basketball. I was going to say, yeah, Valders is what you were talking about there at the loss. So EWC girls standings to start unbeaten teams. We've got just one of them. New Holstein is sitting at two and oh, but you look at some other teams. They've got a lot more games and TR is three and one. Valders is three and two. And you said Valders handed TR their first loss of the year, huh? They did. There was a Denmark tournament um, that occurred this past weekend, um, Friday and Saturday, which I'll get into the girls schedule. But yeah, they, they beat TR by four and talking to Clay. A little bit about the game. He was there, and he said he was talking. Well, because one one person we mentioned, Valors, Carissa Hummel, she really, really dominated. Sadly, Valors doesn't put stats in. Head coach Eric Otto needs to get on that so we can have stats. But yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, Carissa played really well. Uh, and Clay was saying how she was she was looking as good as as Kakis and maybe and and better than Graf. So just oh, looking wow. through the rankings, I, I believe Carissa was sitting at number five in the top ten. But I think. I mean, there's always a fair, maybe a mid-season ranking report. Maybe we can see her moved up based on her performance. Because, I mean, yeah, they, they beat TR by four here. And this was a team, this TR team was projected to kind of compete in conference, like top three. And if Valor's beating them, which, because um, Valor's projected middle of the pack, I think this Valor's team could be a sleeper team so far. I mean, they've had some good tests in the non-con games with, or with playing Plymouth. They beat Plymouth by seven. Losing to Grafton by a lot, losing by Manasha by a lot. 
but then they beat Southern Door by 18. So when they play schools their size, they're they're hanging in there, they're they're winning these games and just gotta see how they fare in conference. Kicks off Tuesday, November 30th. So it's tomorrow against Chilton. So hopefully they can beat Chilton. I don't see how I mean depends out if Olivia Hurl puts up 42 again, they're gonna lose. But yeah, you're not beating that. Yeah. Um but Jordan, anything else with your your the girls basketball for Lincoln or I didn't actually get Lincoln up. I don't know how they did. They have a new head coach, so it's going to be very interesting. I'll pull them up right now, but I'm doing the TR tournament. There's a TR tournament in late December, and I believe it has, ooh, I don't even remember who it has right now. I'll look at the schedule. It's got TR in it. It's got Balders. It's got Ron Colley, and it's got someone else in that as well, but I'm pretty sure it's the 28th and 29th of December. That's come, Reedsville is the other team. Yep. It's the 29th and 30th, so Wednesday and Thursday, over at TR, there's games being at 5 o'clock and 6.30. So that is how those are faring. But as for the Ships girls, we're going to pull them up right now and see how their season has started. 0-3 for the Ships so far, which is kind of as expected for this team. They got a canceled game against Green Bay West. So, oh, boy. Then they had to play Milwaukee King, losing 63-38 there. 77-35 to Fondy, and then 69-46 to Appleton West. So... Their next game is indeed tomorrow as well. So a lot of games coming up tomorrow in the girls' basketball schedule. Just finishing out the EWC conference, we're looking at 2-1 and one Brilliant and 2-1 and one Keel. I don't know if I mentioned those ones already. Chilton is at 1-2, and two, Roncalli 1-1, one and, one, and then at 0-3, oh Sheboygan Falls sits at the bottom. So anything else for the girls? Nope. Let's get into what is next. Is it going to be? MLB baseball and yeah. two MLB real quick and we're going a little Brief. long but that's all right we had a lot to talk about so in the world of MLB I know you're going to talk about the all teams first but I wanted to mention Eduardo Escobar he's gone he is now a Met the Mets have been making a lot of moves and I definitely think they overpaid for him and honestly I'm pretty sure we're both fine with him being gone yeah he, he was gone for sure two years 20 million we'll have a free agency offseason episode where we'll cover all this good stuff but yeah, Mets made a big Black Friday splash. I mean, they made multiple Black Friday splashes with Marcana, Eduardo Escobar, and then of course Starler Marte was was a big one too. So looking looking interesting where the with the Mets right now. So I don't know. We'll be we'll be covering it on an off season special. All right. Getting into the all teams. I don't have them pulled up, but I know you said you were prepping, you were ready. I know we got a few brewers on them. Brewers on them. Yep, we have two Brewers who have made the all MLB team the first team. I'm glad they started doing this because now it's like NBA and NFL where they make the all pro teams, you know? Yeah, it's got to be all NBA. I'm glad they did this. Finally did it. All MLB team. Here we go. Josh Hader and Corbin Burns both made the first team. And yeah, looking through it, no surprises on any of the picks. Um, just looking down. And yeah, all the players who made the first team should have made the first team. All the players on the second team should have made the second team. So there's really no complaining. Um, the only two Brewers, but I mean, it makes sense that you're not going to have any player, position player. Oh, no offensive, that's for sure. Nope. Um, two pitchers, that's fair. Um, I do kind of wish Brandon Woodruff made it over a guy like Julio Arias. I mean, if we're looking at snubs, we could say. Yeah. You I thought of that because you certainly could have put him on Max Freed. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. I guess now looking through this, yeah, Woodruff is better than Freed. Woodruff is better than Urias. 
So you could have easily swapped, like put him in over one of those two guys. But other than that, this is a pretty good team. Uh, can't argue with that. But yeah, um, LMB teams. And now lockout season starts this week. So be ready for no free agency anymore for a few weeks until they get this stuff squared out. So that will, this will be a while, I think. So that's yeah, cool. that's, that is not good at all, but what can you do at that point? We can talk about football. That's what we can do. So real quick, I just wanted to say the Thanksgiving games before we transitioned into trivia. Did you get to watch any football on Thanksgiving? You bet. I watched football on Thanksgiving. Good. I watched all three games. Really? Oh, okay. I watched half of the bears and lions and then I caught a little bit of Raiders and Cowboys I didn't watch the overtime of it. I kind of just turned it off after that. But Cowboys didn't lead at all in that game. They ended up losing to the Raiders 36-33 in overtime. I would call that an upset for sure. Lions nearly got the job done over Chicago. Oh, but they couldn't do it. I mean, the refs were all over them. They were calling everything. But the Lions were their own worst enemy. To call back-to-back timeouts, I didn't even know that was a penalty, by the way. But they lost five yards there on a big third down. So the Lions just can't catch a break. They can't and penalties. Oh my, there's so many holding penalties on Thanksgiving. It was, oh yeah, it was a second game. They were calling everything too. I didn't watch any of the third. I don't know if that was the same, but they yeah. were calling everything. Shout out Tyler Biotis from Wisconsin started for the Cowboys Saturday or on Thanksgiving Thursday. It would have been. Yeah. So I was going to say Saturday. Yeah. That was, that was big. I saw that and he, he worked his way into the starting as a starter and um yeah but the bears lions it was kind of not your ideal thanksgiving game to kick off but um you know what they made it i mean they made it a kind of a game based on how bad yeah, both it was a close played. game that's all that matters yeah and then that second game for me was the favorite rightfully so it had the it was a stat of the week for a reason it, it was a great game it, it was so oh much my God, fun it was watch. like four hours too it was a long game yeah, but, but last game was a crapper as expected yeah with the with Saints having so many people out, so I yeah I had that game on, and then like in the second half, I I kind of started like eh, I'm kind of done here because this yeah. game, it was over. I mean Josh Allen, four touchdowns, two interceptions, I believe. So, but eight hey, Bills are now looking up with a win, and it was good good Thanksgiving week, and now we got we had football yesterday, we got a game tonight, and then we got, I mean, there's only a few more weeks left of the regular season. So it, it's getting good. January 9th, I believe is the last day of, or even January 10th, that Monday night game is the last thing we, I might be going Jordan to a Packer game in Detroit, January oh. 9th. Oh, wow. That'll it, be, in, wow. There, we are in the works right now of assembling this. So hopefully okay. this works out. That would be, be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a road trip, but Last game of the year, playing the Lions should be fun. I mean, you might maybe get to see a Jordan Love start or something. You never know. Probably not. But, hey, never know what will happen there. I did want to say real quick, Packers and Rams happened yesterday. But I expect Matthew Stafford to have a huge comeback game. They're coming off the bye. Stafford's had a pretty rough last few weeks. He was looking like the MVP for a while. Then he's kind of stumbled. But I think it's going to be a shootout with the Rams and Packers. I truly do. After last week, obviously, Packers defense will get fixed up. They'll be... Making some changes, but this Rams offense is oh so explosive, and they've had so much time to prep for the Packers. Easily the game of the week, and I just want a prediction from you. I'm pretty sure you're going to go Packers, but I do think it's going to be very close. Close game, I agree. Packers, I'm going to go. I want to go something like a 31-28, something simple, you know, nice, okay. nice and simple. Maybe a 34-21, but or 34-31. 
and that banks on Crosby making two field goals. Though. That's the that's the thing that uh, and all the point. extra points. That's where this gets funny because it's been this is definitely this is gonna be his last year. Just the, just let's be honest, it's his last year. Um, that's kind of sad. Which it, it is sad, and it's just just watching a guy who was so great on his downfall. You know, it, it just oh, it and just we're never seeing it this season. Like he started out just fine, and now it's all a mental thing. Yeah, and again, if it's a mental thing, he he has the ability. That's why, like this, it might not be, but like some there's a time where you got to move on with a kicker, and I think this might be this off season might be the time, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, he's already hit one or two game winners this year, so we know he can do it. But those were earlier in the year, and now everyone just loves to mention how much he's been struggling. I was going to say a thirty-five, thirty-one score, so I was like right in the same ballpark as you. Let's go to trivia. I did not have the time to set up season four of trivia. Not didn't get to all the categories. However, we're going to stay with the Thanksgiving theme. Are you ready for trivia this week? Thanksgiving NFL football. This is going to be fun. All right. I'm, I'm ready. Which team has never appeared in a Thanksgiving game? I'm just going to let you guess right out of the gate, and then I'll give you some options. So you can have a wild free guess. Which team has never appeared in a Thanksgiving game? Oh my goodness. Um, I'd say Tampa Bay. That is incorrect. So it doesn't matter. Won't count against you. We got three options for you. Is it Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings, or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jacksonville Jaguars. It is indeed. The Jags yeah. have never I knew, appeared. I knew it was a Florida team. I just didn't know which one. <laughs> and it, it was Jacksonville. Rightfully so, right? Who wants to watch that? So. Our next two questions, I'm going to ask them both to you right away, and you're just going to be able to answer them. Which team has the most wins on Thanksgiving, and which team has the most losses on Thanksgiving? Dallas has the most wins. Detroit has the most losses. I think you will be surprised to know that Detroit has the most wins. They've been playing longer? Okay, do they have the most wins and losses? Yes, yes, that they do. So I would have absolutely said Cowboys as well for the most wins, but... Detroit has 37 wins on Thanksgiving and 42 losses. So they bleed both of those categories. Next question. True or false? You talked about Tampa Bay, their quarterback right now, Tom Brady. True or false? He's the only quarterback to have a perfect passer rating on Thanksgiving. Um, I'll say true. It's actually false. Thank God. So Dave Krieg in 1994 was the only other player to do it. I mean, that was kind of a wild one, but I found it very intriguing. And now our next question. Who has the highest winning percentage on Thanksgiving? And then the thing I took from said you had to play at least one game, but if a team went one and oh, I'm not counting them. Which team has the highest winning percentage? Cowboys, Chargers, or Vikings? Um. It's going to be either the Chargers or the Vikings here. Um, I'm glad I'm, you eliminated the Cowboys. That is I'm correct. It is not them. going to say we're going to go Chargers. Incorrect. Uh, yes, you guessed it just wrong. The Vikings are actually 5-1 and one on Thanksgiving. So this was a tough round of trivia. I didn't expect you to know any of it. However, it was fitting for the theme. It, it was, was time to do it. And it was a 2-5 of five trivia. I mean, we'll probably never do anything like it again and Unless we do it next year. I don't know. We'll have to see. But two of five to start season four after a 37 out of 50 performance on season three, your best season yet. Probably won't be able to match that one anytime soon. But lengthy episode here today. But man, we did it. We did it. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you want to shout yourself out? 
You can show yourself out. I get to go first. Pretty cool. Yes. Drew Skyberg, you know, drill, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. Jordan Law underscore PXP on Twitter. I'll be probably posting some pictures from announcing some scores. Maybe it all depends how close the games are, how into it I am. But Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, all of those games, Saturday's a 3.30 tip. And then I'm pretty sure I'll be on there 6.45 or 7 on the other games. But a busy week. Dan Ryan, get well soon. Hope you're doing all right, buddy. And that's all we got for episode 38. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.